words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Welcome to church. God bless you. It's really great to have you here this morning. We've been doing a, a series on the book of Romans, and it's been amazing. How many of you have been a part of this? Amazing. And I just want to build a background onto that this morning. Let's read from the book of John chapter 8. Now early in the morning, verse 2, John chapter 8, verse 2. He came into the temple, came again to the temple, and all the people came to see him and sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And they set her in the midst and said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. So we'll stop there. PowerPoint. So, do you think like this woman was being accused? You know the story of the woman caught in adultery. Did she have accusation against her or not? All the fingers were pointing at her. And she was caught in the very act, which means she was actually guilty before men. She had been guilty. And even before God, she is guilty because the law says, this is what the law says, if you are found in the very act. So the title of our message this morning is No Condemnation, No Accusation. Let's read this together. John chapter 3. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. But men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Now, there are different kinds of accusations. There are different kinds of accusation. One, the whole idea is to get you to a point from accusation to condemnation. When I accuse you, you feel condemned, right? And some is like direct like direct accusation like i yell at you i threaten you i ridicule you or humiliate you right or like verbal abuse or name calling or taunting like these are different ways to make you feel one kind of way feeling guilty and then as emotional the worst is this emotional accusation where someone is playing mind games you understand playing you know like playing you I think this is the one that most people hate the most. It gets a lot of <laughs> anger when somebody's acting like they are smarter than you. What happens is like, and then you are, you are asking for something. The person is not coming directly. The person is stalling, is denying, or like insidious ridicule. So when you say accusation, sometimes we may think like it's just directly someone saying you did this. But some level of accusation is at that emotional level. It's almost like blackmail a little bit of like withdrawing things from you a little bit of not saying it ends up making you feel one sort of way that's the that's the end result 
and the objective is to reduce you and then of course physical like the some accusations are actually quite lethal like physical like battery like attack and maybe even taking a gun to to kill you like if you're already <laughs> guilty of, of murder then then you should be killed you should lose your life so this is the way by which you make people feel guilty first of all you indict indict means you, you tell them you this is this is what you did and then if you feel like they are guilty of the offense then you castigate them this is what you did also let's say let's say it was a court of law this is actually the process as well so they arrest you and then they they ask whether you're, you're guilty of the offense and then the judge passes a sentence on you oh for this you know like if it's murder you're like you mr so 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 killed i can't use anybody as an example here since it's murder <laughs> right you mr so 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 you are guilty of inhumanity in cold blood you murdered this person right and because of that the judge labels you unworthy of judge labels you unworthy of mercy and declares you unholy or liable to pay for your offense you're condemned this is actually like extreme where there's a label on you the first time we see that in the bible was when cain killed abel and god has declared him there was a name that was written upon cain cain said oh my gosh this is too harsh when people see me they will want to kill me because a tattoo on my body shows guilty we didn't see what god did or what god said but there was just some change there was no sign that god actually touched him or said anything but the atmosphere around him declared that he was guilty guilty incriminated vilified as a result he couldn't stand among men anymore he felt unworthy he felt like oh my god they're gonna kill me so where does guilt and condemnation come from it comes from our culture so there's something about okay if you're not marrying early then there's something wrong with you if you're not married then you are not woman enough if you don't have children if there's a delay and if you wear this particular kind of dress you're going to end up a harlot or something like that parents tell these children you know and like the memes social media memes i mean if you've seen those then all of these things result in self-doubt condemnation also emerges from lying standards how many of you have heard like i'm a self-made man you heard those things and self-love and motivational you know like things like i'm a king i'm a queen all these things like king woman king man all these things you know it's not that we shouldn't be proud of ourselves there's something that's happening about glorifying our carnal self 
There's something about placing our kind of self on a pedestal so high that the change that we need to work on our inside, we deny it. And we glorify that carnal self, that embodiment of trash talking, that embodiment of, you know, sauciness, that thing is being glorified and is being called finding yourself. Honestly, that is actually not finding yourself. That is actually a measure of imprisonment. You understand? Liberty is being able to correct yourself. Liberty is being able to place others before yourself. Liberty is being able to, to sacrifice. These are the things we learn from the Bible. All of these things in the end leads to condemnation and judgment and accusation. And political correctness, you know, like all the things, animal rights, gay rights, violent feminism, all these things lead to a sense in which we increase condemnation. And even uh, lack of power, when we don't see the power of God and we feel like redemption is not enough, right? These things lead to condemnation. Please bear with me, I'm going somewhere. I just want to build it slowly and lay the foundation. So Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Another translation says, We don't measure up. We can't even understand what the standard of God looks like. John chapter 6 verse 36 that says this. Since it is the spirit that quickness that gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit, they are life. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus was And he was quoting from Hosea chapter 6 verse 6, where Hosea says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. The thing is, we're trying to bring the best version of ourselves out. We're trying to look right before everyone. We're working so hard to look perfect. But what the end result of that still is, is condemnation. Why? Because Jesus says our best acts are like dirty rags before him. We actually cannot absolve ourselves. We actually cannot cleanse ourselves. Our job is to bring ourselves under the running water of God and permit God to continually allow his water to flow over us. And he says, you are clean through the words that I speak unto you. We become cleansed by the water of his word by our own capacity improving ourselves and motivating ourselves and our self-will there is no real result so long as you stay in the motivation lane so long as the messages from the altar continue to remain just aspirational so long as all we are able to offer people is just some niceties and some alliteration and some play on words he will turn your mess into your into your message he will turn your poor into your poverty So long as all we say is just alliteration and all we say is just nice words following the other, so long as all we offer is just poetry, 
we lose the power of redemption because all our best effort is like dirty rocks before God. We must allow the water of the Spirit to run through us. We must allow the grace of God to flow through us. Then transformation will happen. Then something on our inside will change. And from that change, we can live life. Live life victoriously. Hallelujah. Praise God. So Romans chapter 8 verse 1 and 2 says, let's read together. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk but after the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. There is no more condemnation because the condemnation was that we walked out of the flesh. Every time you see a man walking in the flesh, there will be condemnation. Every time you see a man walking according to his senses, there will be condemnation. Because in yourself, there is trite capacity to self-alter. If you want to walk in freedom, here is how. Enter into the law of the spirit of life. Enter into the law of the spirit of life. This is the time you preach to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I want to I preach to you today. This is a church tradition. We always preach to each other. So please, you have to preach to him. Yes, preach to everyone next to you. If you are new, please, you have to preach to the person next to you. Don't be scared of them. Say, say to them, I'm not scared of you. Tell them, I will preach to you this morning. Okay, so let's go. Say, my sister, listen. Do you walk according to the flesh? Or according to the spirit? Because in the flesh, there will be condemnation. But in the spirit, there is no condemnation. Those who lay themselves down, those who speak life over themselves, those who allow the water of the Spirit to wash them will not be condemned, will not be condemned, will not be condemned. Say to them, you are not condemned. You are not condemned. You have life in you. You walk in the Spirit. Say to them, you walk in the Spirit. You have life in you. You have life in you. The life-giving Spirit is at work in you. The power of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is at work in you. Say to them, you are new. You are new. I see newness. I see life around you. Because the life of God is made available. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is at work on your inside. You have life in you. You have life in you. You have life in you. Hallelujah. You're free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. Where does condemnation come from? Condemnation comes from our mistakes. We make mistakes over and over. So even if nobody condemns us because we've made these mistakes repeatedly, we feel condemned. Falling short and then we feel like we fall short. And then we feel like nobody will accept us. It's a progressive circle. And then we feel, then it leads us into problems. Like, you know, 
losing relationships in the church, losing faith in the community, we withdraw ourselves. Why? Because even if nobody told us, we ourselves are feeling unworthy. Have you seen some people who feel like, well, let me go and sort myself out, then I'll come out. Have you heard people say that before? It never happens. Going by yourself to go and hide yourself never sorts you out. It never happens. In fact, your redemption begins the day you open the door and let the light in. The day you open the door and let the light in. The day you stop going around this circle. Unmet expectation. Done something wrong. Falling short. I'm repeating the mistakes again. I'm losing the relationship. The marriage is ending. You know, I am. I'm a divorcee. Oh, I'm a this. Uh, oh, I'm. I'm wrong. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm from. You know, I had a child out of wedlock, and some of those things are eternal things. You had a child out of wedlock. Can you go and unchild the child? Do you, do you guys understand? Some of those things happens only once. Then, guess what happens? We live with the condemnation. And when you meet somebody, we try to compensate like you know like it's not like i'm really a bad person you know tell that story how to tell the story i was young and restless <laughs> you know in our wild days while we're undergraduate why are you saying that because you're trying to make yourself look what good you're compensating stop compensating stop compensating Stop trying to excuse your past mistakes. To say to someone, move on. Say to someone else, move on. Move on. It's life. It's life. Hallelujah. It starts from the fact that there is value in you. You heard what that woman said. You treated her like she had. She was worth something. This is actually the whole idea of the message of the gospel. That we are worth something. That you are worth something. And if Jesus came to take a look at everything you've done wrong, he is not sitting with a register to mark everything you've done wrong. He's looking into your face. So a woman who culture and the system of this world said should be stoned and killed. And Jesus looked at her and said, she's worth something. While they were all talking, they were all talking about the law. What was Jesus looking at? He was looking at her face. A scene, contrition was seeing the journey that brought her there was seeing the brokenness by which her life was characterized this is where jesus sees us from value 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 he sees value in you and there's so many people who are sitting at the edge of following after christ or coming on the journey of faith they don't understand they think like Jesus is here to condemn them I preached around 
town streets, even in Lagos. I've preached on the roadsides and the corner side and in buses. There was once when my, the, the biggest content of my message was, you are a sinner, you're going to go to hell. But I began to see when I read Jesus Christ more and more that the condemnation was not because he was condemning them. It was because they couldn't find light. And if essentially you look in the heart of God, God, God sees you as someone of value. God sees you as someone immensely worthy for him to die for. God sees you as something. God sees you. From his eyes, there's grace for you. From his heart, there's forgiveness for you, regardless of where you've walked or what you've been. He sees value in you. Don't be condemned. Don't be condemned. He sees value in you. He sees value in you. He sees value. That's what the master sees. Some of you should come with us. Come with us to the temple. We're going to the temple of God. That part was not in the Bible too. That part between him and the woman, the last part. But it was actually how he got Mary Magdalene. There were always those curious people. And if you're here this one and you're that curious person like asking, should I go along with Ecclesia Hill? Should I go along with Pastor Moses? Should I follow this journey? I'm free. I can go wherever I want. But Jesus looked at that woman and said, you are not free. So long as you cannot stand up and follow God with all your heart, you are not free. You are not free. You are not free. It doesn't matter where we are going. So long as we are going into God. So long as this enterprise is about God. So long as the journey of our togetherness is to the place of God's glory. Come along. Come along on this enterprise. So that you can truly find freedom. Because you have immense value in the heart of God. How do you overcome condemnation therefore? Condemnation is not just something that happens to unbelievers. Even believers in church rise up with accusation against them. There are times when in the church they will say, a scandal will break out about you. There are times in your life, in your family, when people will begin to say things about you. How do you deal with that? Number one, drag yourself to Jesus every day. Shout that out. One more time. Regardless of how you feel, regardless of how condemned you feel, just drag yourself to Jesus. Drag yourself to the Master. Bring yourself to the place where His grace is. Some of you, you know what triggers it and you run from it. Some of you, it's the song of worship. Once you start playing that song of worship, you know that reconciliation is about to happen. Once you start praying, you know that the atmosphere is going to change. Once you start drawing to God, you know that something is going to... And some of you, you run from this, right? You run from it. You want to stay long in that negative feeling. You want to stay longer in that feeling worthless. But it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. There is no more condemnation over you. 
There is no more judgment on you. The master is not holding you to some stringent, impossible standards anymore. He's saying, come and I will wash you. So regardless of where you've walked, drag yourself to Jesus. Even if you're guilty, set yourself on the journey to stop sinning. He said to her, he didn't say to her, just go. He said to her, is there anyone still condemning you? It says, when all the human accusers, so look at where condemnation comes from. Number one, human accusers. Number two, yourself. Number three, God. When your human accusers stop condemning you, do you still condemn yourself? Do you understand? Number three, does God condemn you? That's what Jesus was saying. Condemn you. I don't condemn you anymore. Allow him to take on your accusers. When he takes them, he always has a word that just scatters them. He who is without sin cast the first stone. How powerful is that? Start. Why do we why do we operate in condemnation? Because of fear. Because of fear of punishment. And God's value means love. Look at it. It says, let's read First John chapter 4 verse 8 together. One, two, go. There is no fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. When you come to God, no fear. Don't operate out of fear. Don't operate out of fear. These are the scriptures God is given today to release you. To release you. Hallelujah. Amen. So here's how. Number one. Get your DNA back your DNA the nature of God what is God God is love if you operate in love there will be less and less condemnation inside of you you understand so number two reconciliation because of his great love for us God who is rich in mercy made us alive in Christ even when we're dead it is by grace. So go into that place of grace. Receive the grace that makes you alive. Number three. Let's repeat, let's read this together. Revelation 12. One to go. They defeated him through the blood of the Lamb and the bold word of their witness. They weren't in love with themselves. They were willing to die. That's actually that's actually one of the ways three weapons here the old old king james says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb the word of their testimonies and they did not love their lives too much as to shrink back from death what is the blood of the lamb what jesus has done what is the word of our testimony what we do what is death Death is that one that none of us tries as a weapon. 
But when you get to that point when you're, not, when you're ready to die for this, people are ready to die for all types of things. People are ready to die for their reputation. People are ready to die. For, but Jesus said what you should, you should be ready is to die for the name of Christ. Love not your life so as to shrink back from death. Look at another one. Resist to the drop of blood. This scripture says you have not resisted the shedding of blood fighting against sin. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Resist. What did I say you should do? Resist. Resist the devil. He comes to tell you rubbish. Resist. Push back. Push back to the shedding of blood. Push back. Push back. Have you shed your blood before trying to fight that sinful habit? Resist. Resist the devil, the Bible says. And how do you resist the devil? By the word of God. What does the word say? Plant the word over and over again on yourself. And pray through. Pray through. One of the ways is by praying. So, I'm sure some of you actually stop anything that has to do with prayer. Because you know once you start praying, God will capture your heart. You understand? Once you start praying, everything will be okay. The problems will not end, but at least you know that you are getting through. That's what we must practice. We must practice that ability to pray through. Our prayer is like a force that breaks through the wall. You understand? Stop. Wait. Cry. Speak. Pain the vision of what God is saying over you. That's prayer. Stop. Wait on God. Cry. Speak. <laughs> Paint a vision. So prayer is not just about just blabbing. It's actually waiting on God. Waiting to hear what God will say to you. Prayer is actually about tiring. Prayer is actually about describing the new you. Describing that new you which you see. Describing that new person which is coming. You describe him so much that you believe it. You describe that new image that God is building so much that your heart receives it. Can we practice some praying this morning? Can you just say, God, I come to you. Lord, I give my life to you. Lord, I give you my heart. Lord, I give you my spirit. Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed, renewed, flowing from the grace that I found in you. Lord, I come to know that the weaknesses I see in me will be stripped away by the power of your love. Let's pray together this morning. Some of you need to learn how to pray in the Spirit. Some of you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to release yourself to the move of God in your life. And if you can pray in the Spirit, just lift up your voice for this minute. Let's pray together. My God, we declare your glory over us. We declare that every condemnation is wiped out in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare that every speaking about us, every handwriting of tokens and ordinances you've nailed to the cross, today we receive a washing of our hearts again. Today we receive renewal in our hearts again. Our spirit man are made alive. We are made alive in you. We declare who we are. We stop everything now. And we begin to pray. We begin to wait on you. We begin to cry, oh God. Pour your mercy out, oh God. Oh God. Hear the cry of your people. Oh God. 
want your mercy as we pray as we pray we pray that your glory will come we pray that there will be a washing of our hearts we pray that the testament of life will fill our world we pray that we'll be enveloped in you taken by your power captured by your grace that which speaks over us has been wiped out the handwriting over us has been taken off blotted out oh god we're no more guilty now we have life in you you're making us new there's someone here you're feeling so guilty so guilty i actually hear it's like post-abortion trauma like it was a few years ago but you never felt free the spirit of god is here this morning setting you free there's no more condemnation i don't condemn you says the spirit of god will you forgive yourself will you forgive yourself will you forgive yourself says the spirit of god someone here you are involved in a fraud you're involved in a fraud and the fraud messed up your life you're not completely innocent but you're also not guilty it wasn't your plot but you were carried along in the plot the spirit of God is saying this morning I'm setting you free from that reputation loss I'm setting you free I'm setting you free I'm setting you free someone here you don't know Christ you want to feel that freedom Jesus is here for you this morning He's saying come along come walk with me and I will show you what liberty looks like. You think you're free, but you're not free. You're everywhere in chains. Real liberty is only owned by those who follow me. And you cry out to me today. Ask me, and I will give you the waters of life. Ask me, and I will free you today. Take a moment, ask God. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your name. We worship you. Draw us into the place where you are, O oh God. And this is the last. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth part of what keeps me free is actually being missional part of what keeps me free is actually being missional 
every time I think like there are people who are waiting on me to do the right thing or do you think that puts pressure on me or not every time I know that there are people whose lives if I, if I miss the mark their life will be in jeopardy what do you think that does to me it keeps me in a bind one of the easiest ways to walk with God is to be missional what's your mission can people know you in your class that you are the preacher can people know you in your world that you are the one who gives life can people know you that you are the kindest girl can people know you that you are a, you are a good man that you are tough but you have a, you're a good man you understand what do people know you as that sense of being missional actually compels you to do right all the time so you find that you're always leaning on God's grace to do the right thing because you are known to be someone who is spiritual authority over people by the time you start leading one person you'll find that the compassion for that person you are leading all of a sudden drives you to God I remember once I give this example often when I was leading a team and all of them were all just of their own mind nobody was cooperating with me everybody in the team was just doing whatever they like I think I, I, I told this example before I was head usher in a church so <laughs> so when I asked the ladies can you come and usher today the ladies would say no 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 I'm having my period as a man, what do you say when somebody says they have it in their period? That pays you the war, right? The church said, oh, we should, all the ushers should wear uniform. I went and told them they, they hated the idea. So long as I tried legislation, it never worked. So long as I tried rules and regulation, this is what all of you are supposed to show up by 7 o'clock. I will go and show up by 6 o'clock. I think like, you know, they say leadership is leading from the front. Uh, you just show up at six o'clock. You like they call you Efiko, like 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 this guy, just a rubbish guy, just showing up to make everybody. If he doesn't have a light, just drive everybody to church. They never cooperated. You know what I did? I wrote the list of all their names. I wrote a list with all their names. I pasted it by my bedside every night. I'll be praying and calling their name. God, give me the heart of this person. Give me the heart of this man. Lord, I want to walk in cooperation. I want to walk in partnership. I want these people to give me their hearts, oh God. Unlock their minds to me, oh God. Release their spirit. I just started praying for them. So I praying for these people. I say, God, bring me into their world. Let me indeed be their pastor. Let me be a shepherd over them. Let me lead them indeed. In the name of Jesus Christ, I said, pray now. The Holy Spirit will not tell me at some point. The Holy Spirit will tell me, Call this person. I'll pick up the phone and call. Oh, brother Mo, how do you know I needed someone at this point in time to call me? I've been praying and say, God, can you send someone to just encourage me? This is what you spoke and it's just give me life. I'm alive. The person is screaming for the other side of the phone. I'm so alive now. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm like, Wow. Next time I'll call someone. I remember specifically, I called someone. The Holy Spirit said, this person is not okay. I called the person. The person was being wheeled into the theater. The person said, I wanted to do this operation privately. I'm not telling anyone. How did you know? 
I said, the Holy Spirit, let me pray for you. Prayed for them. After a while, things started popping in their lives and I had a spiritual covering over them. I had a spiritual overhang over them. I could tell from my house what was happening in their world. After a while, I became truly their pastor. So do you think it was difficult anymore? What happened when I say meeting is four o'clock? Everybody will come. My house will be full. I was like, yeah, thank you, Jesus. So long as you try rules and regulations, you will not succeed. So long as you unlock people by the Spirit of God, when you reach under the heart of God, when you touch the mind of God and where people are at, God will release grace into your heart. You shall receive power. I didn't hear anyone scream this morning. You shall receive power. You shall receive enablement. You shall receive grace to lead that business. Grace to lead men and women. Grace to declare the grace of God. There will be no condemnation over you. You shall walk in the power of freedom. Liberty shall be your name. The grace of God will be upon you. The people in your world will love, will love you. They will drop their sword and make peace with you. Why? Because you will operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God will overshadow you. There will be no condemnation around you. There will be no accusation around you. God will wipe out the handwriting of tokens and ordinances against you. This is not just about sin. This is actually about living life. That some of us live in condemnation. People are constantly thinking evil of our plans. You go and drop a proposal, they say, what does she want again? There's sort of like an accusation against you. All the time people are suspecting you're something sinister. That suspicion is wiped away today in the name of Jesus Christ. As you go in the Spirit of God, then your name is being changed. Your reputation is being altered in the Spirit. The grace of God is falling on you. The hand of God is raising you up. God is planting you again for favor. This grace is surrounding you. When Jesus died, he didn't just die so that you'll go to heaven. He died so that he would change your name. He would change the laws by which you operate. He would change the graces that your life contains. He would change the circumstances in which you operate. He came to break the curse. You know there was a curse around man? From Adam, all were cursed. Men, men had to toil. Men had to labor. They, they, they will toil. The ground will bring tons and thistles. They will uproot the tons and thistles. They will fight with the tons to eat. When Jesus died, he came to break the curse. He came to break the curse. Because you have value before God, he came to break the curse. He came to alter that situation. He came to turn it around. He came to change that situation over you in the name of Jesus Christ. He came so that you will not toil in your natural. No more toiling. No more toiling. No more toiling in the natural. There remains a rest for the people of God. No more toiling. You enter into divine life. You enter into divine grace through the sacrifice of Christ on this resurrection morning. The door of access into the resources of heaven has been opened. You can come in by the new and the living way which is prepared for you. You have access into the supernatural. You have grace. The favor of God is upon you. The mercy of God is upon you. His hand is upon you. He wants to do good in your life.
it's time it's time for you to walk in power walk in favor walk in the grace of the supernatural no more condemnation no more condemnation you're free I've made you new to the word of God yes Lord thank you Jesus thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church our mission is to love people connect with family and touch the world learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org 